Welcome to GB Mag Chats, where we answer the real questions international students have about living and studying in the UK. I'm Sophie, your host, and today we have Marta and Cassidy joining us to discuss the Great British Christmas. Marta, would you like to introduce yourself first? Hello, everyone. My name's Marta, and I was an international student up until this summer. I am originally from Spain, and I have celebrated Christmas in Spain, but it's wildly different to how they do it here. I'm here to talk about like all the differences and culture shocks and everything. Thanks so much. And Cassidy, over to you. Hello, um, I'm Cassidy. I did writing and publishing at the University of Derby and graduated about a year and a half ago now in 2020. Um, I guess I bring some of the British perspective to this as someone who celebrated Christmas in Britain my entire life, so I'm very excited to talk about it. We're all feeling very festive here. So what we're going to talk about today is a whole range of things, but basically all of the things that make a British Christmas. The differences, obviously we've got Marta here. Marta does celebrate Christmas, but can't wait to hear all of the all of the things that we probably don't even realise make for a very British Christmas that Cassidy and I probably just take for granted. So the first thing I want to talk about is the beginning of Christmas. And when I say Christmas, I mean the run-up, the whole Christmas period which I don't know, Marta, if you found this, but seems to start pretty early here in the UK. (laughs) Um, Marta, I'd love to hear about your first impressions of your first British Christmas. So basically, in the UK, for some reason, when Halloween ends, it's Christmas. (laughs) Like literally, not even a day out, first time Christmas. That's um, the first time I was here, it was like, why is there so many Christmas decorations already? Because, like, in, in Spain, we do start quite early. We do start in November, as in, like, putting up decorations and stuff. Not in houses, but in, like, uh, shops and, like, the outsides and parks and everything. They do put Christmas lights up. But it's more towards, like, the middle of November, maybe endish of November. Um, people are not so obsessed with, like, Christmas shopping that they start Christmas shopping, like, half a year early. Which is something that I have heard people do, and I was just like, what? <laughs> and, like, the... The biggest thing was like my first Christmas. I it was just so overwhelming to like see all the Christmas stuff, and I felt that I was like doing something wrong because I was not interested in it. And especially this year, because of COVID and like everything not happening last Christmas, at least in Aberdeen where I'm at right now, before Halloween, people started putting stuff up. It definitely feels like it gets earlier every year, and I think you made a really good point. I think this year specifically. Because last year, you know, Christmas was cancelled. It just feels like everyone's like, right, okay, we're making up for lost time. And we've started earlier than ever before. Cassidy, what about you? Like, what do you think is the marker of when you know, okay, the countdown to Christmas is on in the UK? I mean, me and my family always like to play play the game of driving around where we live and just kind of seeing if there's Christmas lights in the houses yet. I feel like that's a pretty kind of common thing with a lot of families, especially with younger children. We just drive around and as soon as we see the first Christmas lights in the windows, we're like, okay, Christmas has started then. And like, not necessarily officially for us, but we're like, we know it's coming. And then you see more and more slowly. And it's always fun because that always makes me feel really festive. And it was always one of the things I loved doing when I was little, like driving around and looking at the bright lights in the windows and on the high street. So that's always, I feel like my first sign that Christmas is here somewhere or coming soon (laughs) completely agree I also have always done that drive around um drive around and look for the first and also I love it when the houses that go completely mad that used to be more of an American thing and I feel like it's gradually moving over here more and more just the kind of battle of the Christmas lights and Christmas decorations 
Marta, would you, back back in your home country, would you have decorated the outside of houses? So basically, I think that depends entirely on where you live, because the way that stuff is built in Spain has nothing to do with how stuff is built in Britain. So even though you do see it, it's not like such a big thing as it would be here just because of the format that houses are built. However, people like decorate their balconies. I know my aunt does put a Christmas tree on her balcony and like some lights as well. And but it's not like a battle of like who has like the biggest like Christmas light or anything. I love that. I just love seeing the lights everywhere. It's so cozy. And that's that's also a really key ritual, I think, as specifically here in the UK is the tradition of going to watch the Christmas lights get switched on. Cassidy, do you have memories of that from when you were younger? Yeah, I think it's a bigger event than I think you... you I mean, someone's essentially hitting a light switch, like literally a second and you press it. But I think because often they invite a celebrity or like a local celebrity or like a, a soap TV star or something. And then I think it becomes sort of a bigger thing. And we do tend to go, but then it's always that moment where you're like, oh, it's so exciting. And then they've done it and you're like, okay, that, that was it. That was it. It's a very, it's a very strange, strange thing, but it's definitely part of, part of the build up and almost like part of the routine. And I kind of think every year is a bit of a checklist. So it's like Christmas lights on houses and the Christmas lights switch on in your town. Then there's like getting your Christmas tree is always like a significant point. And then buying the advent calendars and all these things that kind of build up to like Christmas and without I feel like even if one part's missing I'm like it's just it doesn't feel right it doesn't feel like Christmas anymore it's like we've done it wrong (laughs) that's it it's like going through the checklist isn't it it's like advent calendar Christmas lights first mold wine of the season you have to go through all of the things before it's really Christmas (laughs) otherwise it's not right Marta do you do the advent calendar thing back home uh yes um so it it depends how you do it because, like, for me, it was like, Marta, do you have an advent calendar? I was like, I'm not going to wait until Christmas to, like, eat all the chocolates. <laughs> so I would, like, through, like, from the 1st until the 24th of December, I would get, like, multiple advent calendars because I just like the chocolate so much. <laughs> and for our listeners at home who might have never celebrated Christmas full stop, Cassidy, what, what, how would you explain the tradition of the advent calendar in a nutshell? So the way I see it, I think, is the start of December, you count down from the 1st of December until Christmas Day. And each day you kind of have a surprise. So each I think Advent candles can take a lot of different formats. I think one of the most popular in the UK is chocolate and they're sold in supermarkets from probably, as we said, the 1st of November or something ridiculous very early. Um, but you get a little chocolate in each or you could do sometimes they have toy ones I know for children. Or you can even this year, I think I've seen lots of like makeup ones. I think they're a big thing that people are really kind of monetizing now. Um, and I think a, a big part of it is that you're, like, you're opening the door to the, to the day. So it's like each day something is hidden so you don't see it. And then the, the thing is you go in the morning or the evening and you just open it and you get a little surprise. And I think I'm sure traditionally it's not just for the chocolate, but I feel like now largely people just use it because they're like, oh, yeah, you can get a bit of chocolate every day. And because it's the lead up to Christmas, like you're allowed to. So it's like a little treat. 
That's what I remember when I was little. We only ever had the window ones like you're describing, Cassidy, where you open the window and there's a nice picture behind them. And we used to find that the most exciting thing ever until quite far on realising all my friends were getting chocolate with their advent calendar. And I used to be so excited by just opening the window and then I realised, oh, wait, everyone else like gets a, something like a sweet on their advent calendar. This is a whole new thing to me. So the, the idea of chocolate in an advent calendar came to me really late. <laughs> chocolate advent calendar was like a staple and everyone had the chocolate advent calendar I didn't even know that it came from, like, from opening a window like for me it was like oh yeah you get a little treat and you see like what the picture on the chocolate is because they always have like a picture on it mm. so I was like so excited yeah. like, oh today I want this picture to show up well if you're me have had a deprived childhood <laughs> clearly life was tough <laughs> <laughs> roughing it out and we sort of mentioned briefly some of the things that really make it feel like Christmas. Mulled wine, I do feel like everyone is just mad about mulled wine in this country. Or mulled cider, really any kind of hot, hot beverage. Any kind of alcohol that we can make festive. It's like, yeah. <laughs> any hot alcohol, any excuse really. And Marta, is mulled wine something you would have had before coming here? No. I had no idea what it was until I was here. <laughs> I, I was working in a restaurant uh one it was not my first christmas but it was like one of the christmases that i was here and it's when i was made aware of mulled wine and basically they just had this big vat of mulled wine that was like really warm and i was like what is this (laughs) why are you drinking hot wine it is weird when you think it's kind of like a hot sangria (laughs) yes it's quite strange it was very weird because we we don't have mulled wine in Spain. I'm not sure, like, if I, like, forget, like, Christmas traditions if I, like, don't do them. Because now my Christmas is divided into all the start of Christmas. I'm in the UK. Then I go to Spain for, like, a week or two. And then I come back. But I do know that, for me, a big thing is Ferrero Rocher. Yeah. In Spain, you can only really buy them during the Christmas season. Like... Before Christmas, it's not as big. And then after Christmas, even though it's still winter, it's hard to find them. It's like only during like a month and a half that you really have like a Ferrero Rocher season. And we also have something that's called polvorones, um, which is another sweet. You only get them during Christmas. And it's like a biscuit, but it's a very, very crumbly biscuit. And they're called polvorones because they turn into dust. In your mouth, so basically polvo in Spanish means dust, so it's like dusters, and basically you eat them, and they just like turn into dust in your mouth, and you are just like munching on this crumbly dust, which sounds quite disgusting, but it's actually really nice. I was like, I'm not a hundred percent sold, but I'll I'll believe you. Another big one that I'm thinking of as well is um, we have so we've got in Spain you have Santa Claus on the 24th but you also have the three magic kings on the 5th of january and basically for the we have a thing that's like a gigantic donut that we call the three magic kings donut like el roscón de reyes that's and it's uh you can only get those during christmas they only make them during christmas and it's something that we all like and you can and it's like somewhere between like a sweet cake and a bagel. I like those are like my Christmas. I just realized that everything is sweets. Like all my Christmas staples are sweets. But that's so part of Christmas, isn't it? Is the the overindulging, especially here in the UK. I feel like we take it to a whole new level because, of course, we do. Um, but it's so much chocolate, so much. There's just an excuse to sort of stuff yourself full, and I don't know why it's part of it. <laughs> 
But Terry's chocolate orange as well. I was just thinking about specific Christmas treats. Yeah, you have to have a Terry's chocolate orange in your stocking. And then that is a real signifier of Christmas morning. Cassidy, I can see you like nodding. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nodding vigorously. Yeah. Um, I did that come from like the tradition of if you were good during like the year you'd get orange or, or clementine or something and so I think they've managed to again monetize that and be like yeah everyone buy yourself a chocolate orange but now if I don't have one I'm like ah, where's my chocolate orange there's nothing that we can't use as an excuse to eat chocolate over Christmas apparently <laughs> that's it isn't it basically yeah <laughs> this is going to be very controversial but I actually don't like those chocolate oranges I know quite a few people who don't like them actually I think it that's a common opinion oh no I love them also do you know um matchsticks I'm just now wondering as well those always seem to appear a lot around Christmas and I'm wondering if they're meant to be the other end of if you've been bad you get sticks in your stocking and so you've got the chocolate orange or the matchsticks oh both chocolate versions of course but maybe (laughs) I love that now they they need to come up with a chocolate coal (laughs) because you're supposed to get coal in your stocking as well if you've not been good that's a great idea (laughs) I know you heard it here first everyone copyright that (laughs) in Spain we actually do have that it's not chocolate but it's made made out of sugar so it looks like coal but you can eat it and I've had it once because I asked my mom like I want you to buy me this because I've seen it and it actually looks delicious and they tried it and it was really really good it was very sugary so maybe not for every day because it was like basically sugar in the shape of coal and like with like flavorings but it was really good this is amazing you've got coal you've got dust (laughs) (laughs) christmas in spain kids (laughs) it's a festive treat (laughs) i also feel like another um real signifier of when you're like okay christmas is here christmas is coming for me is two things it's the christmas music and christmas films i can't decorate my tree without having one or the other on in the background so i'd like to know both of your favorite christmas song and your favorite christmas film so christmas film i don't have one because there is not such a thing as christmas like big christmas films in spain really you don't you wouldn't watch christmas films at christmas it's not like a, as a big of a thing as it is here. Like you can, um, but uh, for example, I didn't watch The Grinch until I came to the UK with my friends, uh, and like all of the Christmas films that everyone talks about. Like I didn't watch many of them until I came to the UK. So if I had to choose a staple, it would be the only one that I think I ever watched when I was in Spain, and that would have to be Home Alone because that's a very that's a very big one in Spain, and everyone loves it. But it doesn't have to be Christmas for you to watch it. Like oh yeah, as for Christmas songs. Hmm, I've got many. A lot of them are in Spanish that I really love because I just like love the rhythm of it. Um, for like a big one, I would have to say, "All I want for Christmas is you." I always have that on. Uh, when like I used to love like making Christmas playlists, and because when I was little, I went to a British school, I knew like all the English songs, but from my culture, I, I knew all the Spanish songs. So I would just like make like different playlists and because back then the technology was not the same as now, I would just put them all in a CD all together and like we would decorate the tree to like the tunes that I brought down and it was really nice. Oh, Cassidy, how about you? That sounds so lovely, I love that. I I think I'm the same, Sophie, with Christmas songs and Christmas films. For me, at least as soon as it hits 1st of December, I want to watch all of them and listen to all the songs on that day because I'm like, oh my gosh, finally I can celebrate. But I don't, I do restrain myself. I spread it out over the month. I have to say my favourite Christmas film, I have two, because, you know, (laughs) the one from my childhood is always been, or my favourite has always been Polar Express, um, because that was one I remember seeing, like, 
I feel like actually both of them I saw on TV randomly, but I both enjoyed, like I enjoyed them both so, so much. So definitely the Polo Express and then the holiday because I'm a big like rom-com person. And of course that, you know, I don't know if I love that because it's a Christmas film or because it's a really cool rom-com that's set at Christmas. So if it counts, who knows? But definitely those two are my favourite films because they're two I always make sure I watch at least once in December, but probably more than once if we're being honest. Um, and then Christmas songs. The first one I thought of was um, Last Christmas by Wham, which is a great one. But then also the one I just thought, and it's funny that me and you, Marta, are having this conversation, is um, Feliz Navidad by Michael Bublé. And that's always comes on my Spotify. And I'm like, every time it makes me bop. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe that's the underdog of my Christmas season. And I always forget. And I'm like, wow, what a great song. <laughs> How very international of you. <laughs> very fitting for this podcast. Yeah, I feel like that one has been covered so many times. I don't know. Marta, do you know what the original of it is? Uh, mm-hmm. To be honest, I have no idea. Um, we used to sing that in school as well. Like what we would have like the Spanish English versions, you know, it goes like Feliz Navidad, Prospero Año, Felicidad. And then it goes like, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. So we would sing yeah. that in English as well. Um, so I have no idea where it originally comes from, but it is a bop in Spain as well. Like I, I really like it. And now that you said, Cassidy, I remember that Polar Express is actually a movie and that exists. And I did watch it a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> yes, it's a good one. It's a great one. I have a controversial, unpopular opinion. I hate it. <laughs> what? Why? I didn't feel right just sitting on that. I had to be honest with you both. I think it's so rubbish. Do you? Well, what's your favourite then? <laughs> Let's well, compare. No, so Polar Express, the thing is, what I do remember about it, and I love Tom Hanks. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful film. But I just thought it was bizarre. It is quite bizarre. I have to admit that. I know it's an unpopular opinion. That's why I'm just confessing it now. I know everyone loves it, but I just, I couldn't get on board. Just, <laughs> no, couldn't, couldn't, couldn't get on board with it. Um, my favourite Christmas film, I mean, I've put the question to you both and now, now I've got to answer it, I suppose. But I love It's a Wonderful Life, which again, doesn't have to be a Christmas film. I've never seen that one. It is an absolute classic. I mean, it's just, it's just heartwarming. Um, and song-wise, easy, Fairy Tale of New York. That's my favourite Christmas song. It's the Irish in me. I forget about them all. Yeah, there's so many there. Like, you know, when you hear them on the radio and you're like, oh, wait, a great song. But I also maybe don't know the names of them because they're such... Like, they're ingrained to Christmas. Yeah, I know I'm going to hear them again at some point, so I don't need to know their names. They'll just come around when I need them. The exactly. <laughs> Maybe I'll give Polar Express another chance. Maybe I've been too harsh. <laughs> so I feel like although we are all big kids about Christmas in the UK, Christmas when you're a kid here is obviously so exciting. And it also starts a lot earlier because there's all the countdown to Christmas activities at school. At primary school, notably, there's the nativity. Marta, did you do the nativity back in Spain? Is that something you would have done at school, at primary school? Uh, what is that? Cassidy, do you want to explain? <laughs> oh, yeah, I can do. I See, I'm now remembering doing it. So I was an angel one year, I think, and I've been the star. I was never Mary. So it's essentially the, the story, story of Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem and where Jesus is born. The, the Christmas story, I guess. It's, yeah, you kind of play out that scene and it's always, you know, they're arriving at the inn, knocking on the door, they're in the barn, there's animals, Jesus is born, 
and everyone is happy ever after kind of thing but yeah I think every school does it and there's always the main roles that everyone like really wants like Mary and Joseph and like the donkey I feel like people are always the donkey but then there's also like angels and stars sheep cows everything but yeah um every every Christmas I'm pretty sure without fail every year we did a nativity play of some sort and and it was really fun and I feel like a lot of time goes into it at primary schools over like the this maybe even November December months and you've got to learn all the Christmas songs and obviously getting kids to learn the lines and stuff but yeah some good good fond memories um my birthday is actually just before Christmas so it's like three just under three weeks before and I remember I once had a Christmas birthday party because it was like Christmas is such a huge thing that it was you could have birthday parties <laughs> about Christmas but I had a joint party with one of my friends whose birthday it was the day after and she got to be Mary and I got to be one of the shepherds or something. And I was like, are you joking? I don't sign up to be a shepherd. I wanted to be Mary on my birthday. <laughs> so, Martha, this is obviously all completely mad to you. <laughs> so in Spain, we don't do a nativity play. Like, that's not a thing. And um, we, at least in my school, I don't know other schools, but in my school, we had a Christmas carol, like assembly kind of thing. So people who could sing, also known as not me, <laughs> uh, basically my music teacher would like run them all together and they would prepare like a chorus Christmas carol kind of like performance that would last for like what half an hour or so. And we would do that. Also, my school for children, like the smallest children, they would have the janitor dress up as Santa Claus. And as girls that were in year 11, we would like, uh, pull our names out of a hat and basically if our name was picked up we got to be the elves so I got to be the elf for Santa Claus in year 11 for the little children so he would go up with like a big huge bag and like give like children a bunch of like chocolate lollipops and it was like the highlight of the year. Well obviously we can't talk about Christmas without talking about Santa Claus who we have discussed a little bit but I think he needs a lot more airtime. <laughs> So in my mind, the, the sort of Santa aspect of Christmas, obviously, again, when you're little, is so huge. You meet multiple Santas and don't question why they're all different. He's, you know, he's real. It's fine. <laughs> and obviously, also, there's the leaving the mince pies out the night before Christmas. Um, did you both do things like that? Like, obviously, Cassidy, I'm sure you did. Yeah, we had the mince pie, carrot, glass of milk. Yeah, catch the reindeer glass of milk. We also love to do, I know my friend once she had like a key that she left for the front door because they didn't have a chimney. So they had a special like Father Christmas key for the front door. Um, we do now, my little brother and sister, we do like fake snowy footprints coming from the chimney. Like I feel like it's got bigger and bigger throughout my entire life of all these things you can do. So yeah, Santa's like a real, t- like I, I kind of wish that when I was, you know, I could experience it how I see people do it now because I feel like it's even a bigger thing when I was younger because I would be so convinced. Like, I feel like so convinced no one could tell me otherwise. My entire life, I just believe it. So You just believe, don't you? Mm. I also remember leaving out brandy. Was that just us? We'd leave out a glass of brandy for Santa, which looking back seems really irresponsible because he's got a lot of driving to do. He does. He's a busy man. <laughs> he's a really busy man. If he's having brandy at every house, that's, that's a very drunk Santa. <laughs> I just remembered as well that we used to um, track Santa online. There's like a website where you can, tr- I can't remember what it's called now, but if you literally Google track Santa, I'm sure it's there, so we could see him going around the world. So I'd be like, oh, look, he's in Australia now because they're all asleep or, you know, and we could just watch him go through the, it was very, very cool. 
Marta, what about you? Did you have any Christmas Eve traditions? So basically in Spain, as I said before, you have Santa Claus and you have the three magic kings. And the traditions for those are completely different. And depending on your household, you either get one or the other or you get both. It depends mm. completely. In my case, I got both. Some of my cousins only got one. Um, and like my my grandma did like so. My for my cousins that didn't get Santa Claus, we would do it like in my grandma's house. And basically, my grandma would get presents for everyone. And like, oh look, Santa Claus brought the presents. And like the older cousins would always play into it and stuff. And it was amazing. And then in my house, my mom, when I was like smaller and my brother wasn't in the picture yet uh, my mom would do like a small santa claus present and then she would make like the three magic kings bigger but when my brother was born and we started like growing up a bit my mom realized it doesn't make sense to make the big presents later on because they don't have time to play with it with the holidays so she switched it around and we're doing santa claus is the big thing and then the three magic kings is a small thing um, now that both my brother and I are older, like my brother's still a teenager, he's 14, but he knows Santa Claus doesn't exist and everything. We kind of just explained it half and half. But as mm-hmm. for like leaving things out for Santa Claus, you would leave like a glass of milk and you would give like some cookies. And then like in Spain, you do uh, dried bread because like uh, there and because there's no that much humidity, bread goes like hard quite fast. I find that in the UK that doesn't really happen, but in Spain it does. Like, if you leave bread out for like two days, it's hard. So, you would like leave the bread there. And for the three magic kings, you would leave them like three glasses of sparkling wine or something of the sort, champagne, whatever you had at the house. And like some food, I think sometimes it was grapes. You have like some grapes and like some stuff. And then you always leave your shoes. And, like, the shoes thing is very important because your shoes have to be really nice and polished. So you choose your best pair of shoes, the best pair of shoes that you have. You clean them and you polish them and you put them under the tree. And if the three magic kings are not impressed by your shoes, you will not have your presents. So this is a very big thing. That is amazing. (laughs) Oh, I love learning about all these different traditions from different, like, countries and cultures because I was just thinking as well, I'd love to know... If anyone that's kind of in a really a warmer climate and a warmer country how they celebrate Christmas because I think we've spoken briefly about this before but how kind of closely linked Christmas is to me to winter to cold weather to snow and I you know like now just thinking about how how different people in different countries do it whether the the warm I mean like Australia for example they're going to be peak summer when they celebrate Christmas I would love to know what their opinions are about Christmas and how they do it that's uh, very interesting. I was actually in Australia for a Christmas day and it it was it didn't feel like Christmas. It was great, but it didn't yeah, it didn't feel as you say it it, it was just weird walking around shopping centers and seeing like Santas in shorts. Oh my god, are they in shorts? It wasn't right. Yeah, I mean it's too hot. They have to be it's like 40 degrees. Oh my goodness. I haven't seen so much of the world. Wow. I need to go go exploring. But I completely agree. It's like it's so interesting. Because obviously there's, there's you know, not celebrating Christmas at all. It's probably all all just seems mad. But then the different ways that different places do celebrate Christmas, the difference is still huge. Like everything that we're saying with you, Marta, yeah, and you do celebrate Christmas. It's just there's still so many nuances and things that are so specifically, as we're finding out, British about our British Christmas time. Mince pies, I know we mentioned them as we leave them out for Santa, but I, again, feel like such a staple of a British Christmas. Marta's shaking her head. Do you hate them? 
So basically, I tried them once because my mother-in-law, uh, she was here just like, I don't remember if it was just before Christmas. Must have been because Christmas here starts pretty early. And she went out to the store and bought men's pies. And I tried it. And I was like, what is this? We just threw them away. And I was like, I don't know what this is, but I don't want to try it ever again. It's weird. No, I don't like them. <laughs> we, we all hate them. Always, <laughs> yeah. If, if we get them, it's always like given to the dad or like the granddad. It was always like, go on, you can have them. Because you'd always get a box of sticks, I think, just for tradition. But then... No one wanted to eat them, so it was like, go on. If anybody even was like, oh, go on, I'll have them, they ended up having the whole box of, like, six or eight. Well, that's it. I think they're a bit of a Marmite thing. I definitely know people who love them and, like, oh, can't wait for my first mince pie. I've I've never liked them, I don't think. I'm just... mm, No. So, yeah, I wonder how much... Because I I feel the exact same with everyone I know, so I'm wondering how much of them... How much mince pies is just tradition and whether if it was, like, a new thing that everyone sees now, how kind of... How much people would really... Um, I don't know, join in with that and actually eat them if we were to create the tradition now. Yeah, that's so true. It's probably a lot of it is just the association, isn't it? Like it's a fond association. We'll have to do a poll. We'll have to put it to a poll. I want to know people's thoughts on mince pies and chocolate oranges. That's what I want to know people's opinions <laughs> yeah. So another thing that feels like a real staple, I feel like has become more of a staple as well as the years go by, is the Christmas jumper. <laughs> Um, for people who are just listening to this and can't see us, we are in our Christmas jumpers and our festive attire. One of the requirements, I think, of the British Christmas jumper is it has to be a bit naff. <laughs> almost, the, almost the tackier, the better. Marta, do you own a Christmas jumper? Or is this something you had any notion of before you came here? Uh, no, I was very surprised when I first came to the UK. I was like, why is everyone wearing the ugliest jumper you can ever find <laughs> in the store? <laughs> um, I, like, whilst getting ready for this, I remember that, remember that I actually do own one, which wasn't bought for me by myself. Um, my friend gave it to me when I was still in Spain as a gift. So I did kind of knew about the, like, Christmas jumper tradition, never really understood it. Um, the one that I have is not ugly, and I don't even know what it is. <laughs> uh, but it's it's something that was quite shocking when I first got here. That I was like, oh, like people actually do this. Like they wear this on Christmas. Like why? And before Christmas, in the lead up to Christmas, <laughs> in the lead up, the I think there's Christmas jumper day. There's like you have to wear them in office jobs. You know, wear, wear a Christmas jumper to work. And um, at university as well, I know a lot of like they. they theme a student night of like Christmas jumper night always and everyone everyone would would be boiling but they'd all be like the the worst jumper you could find the best ones are when they like light up in some way or flash (laughs) they're just so garish and yeah as we say the tackier the better I think so anyone who's listened to any of the other episodes of our podcast will know we find a way of turning every topic into a conversation about food. Um, Proudly so. So, of course, we have to talk about the Christmas dinner or the Christmas lunch, depending depending how you do it in your household. Cassidy, as a lifelong eater of British Christmas dinners, I'm going to come to you first. I'd like you to talk me through your Christmas lunch or Christmas dinner. Tell me the whole, the tradition, when you have it, and what, what are the highlights? So... I feel like honestly it's the main activity of my Christmas day in my family is your Christmas we say lunch but it usually is like mid-afternoon by the time everything's kind of put together but it's that thing where so all my family's there and then we'll open our presents 
a first thing, of course. And then the next thing is the dinner, and that's kind of the main the main affair of the day. Um, and God, I mean, I don't even step into the kitchen. I definitely feel like it's always been my dad or my stepdad or or my it's sometimes my mom, but like it's definitely been the the adult thing. Like the children should not go in the kitchen when the Christmas dinner is being made because it's a it's a big serious task, and you don't want to interrupt or ruin it or risk burning anything. Um, but yeah, I just remember we had the table made and bowls and bowls of vegetables, of mashed potatoes, roast potatoes, turkey, beef, whatever meat we've got going on. Um, gra- gravy. Gravy is probably my favourite part of a Christmas dinner, which is probably really bad because of all the other great food that's there. But the gravy is amazing. Um, and yeah, I think it's like definitely something me and my friends always talk about and always oddly compare. Like it's a huge part of British culture, I'd say. is like, how do you have your roast dinner? do you have gravy and then the people that don't have gravy why aren't you having gravy <laughs> and all these things so yeah it's definitely one of my favorite parts and just probably the best part because you get to eat just really good food and loads of it because it's christmas day you don't have to like reserve and yourself you're not dieting on christmas day you can eat like three portions and it's fine <laughs> i think that's so funny that you said about how it becomes almost like a face-off between people in conversations like wait you don't have pigs in blankets like you have to yeah. almost like it's like you've obviously only ever known your own christmas tradition and then when you start comparing you're like well that's mad <laughs> Mm-hmm. people get really defensive and it's a really personal thing isn't it of like how do you do your christmas dinners do you do a christmas pudding that's what i want to know we don't know we we would just buy whatever's at the supermarket you know like they do um we also do speaking of more food we also do a lot of like christmas eve treats so you know they do like the kind of colder christmasy picky bits so like pigs and blankets or I don't know, you can get like mini hamburgers, all of those. We always have those on Christmas Eve and then they'll be left over. So if anyone gets snappy on Christmas Day, we have those. Um, but whilst we're buying the Christmas Eve snacks, we also tend to buy like an apple pie or a cheesecake or something. But we don't tend to do Christmas pudding. But maybe, maybe we should. It's just the lighting. I don't like the taste of them at all, but the lighting them on fire, which yeah. for anyone who that sounds like a mad, mad thing. I, I have no idea why we do that, but you pour, I think it's brandy, isn't it? Pour brandy over it light it on fire it's just very exciting (laughs) I don't like the taste of it at all but it's a spectacle (laughs) Martha I want to know specifically about your first experience of a Christmas dinner in the UK did you do it with friends like was it a student thing that you did what was your first my first Christmas dinner here it was a bit of a shock because we do something wildly different in Spain this is going to come as a shock to you gravy doesn't exist in Spain we don't eat gravy (laughs) what (laughs) No. Um, so basically what we did it was obviously before Christmas because we were all going back home it was my first year and we were like yeah let's just make like a flat Christmas party all together and it was like me my other three friends and then our other flatmate she had a huge tv which she brought out and we put on youtube you know like the crackling fire that goes on for ages so we, so we put that on and we I remember like um both like my French flatmate and my other flatmate that's from Edinburgh they were like big like cooking people they loved cooking one of them was vegan one of them wasn't so one of them was like in charge of the meat and the other one was in charge of the vegetables and basically I, they made like a chicken and uh, like roasted it in the oven with some like roast potatoes like stuffed the chicken with stuffing which like my um the people from the UK had to teach the French girl how to do because she didn't know how to do it because it was like she had never done it before and you don't want me to do it because I have no idea how to do it either. 
Um, so, and we made the roast chicken with like some potatoes and stuff. Uh, I remember they made like a salad as well and like salmon trays. I don't remember exactly what they were. We did have pigs in blankets, which it was the first time I'd ever had them. And they were really good. The only bad thing is that British sausages are very strong for my stomach and I cannot handle them. So I've only had pigs in blankets that one time and that's it. Not because I don't like it, it's because it's just, they just make me feel bad. And, <laughs> and we bought, I think, like a bottle of like sparkling wine or something like that to share. And we just had like the dinner. We didn't even have a table. We had like a kitchen island that we just like all sat in like around. It was really, really nice. And just like with the fire and like all the dinner that was made. And it was like something completely different because like mm. all the food that we had, some of it you would have in Spain, but it was nothing that was traditionally like from any country. It was like traditionally British and like because like both me and my flatmate that was French wanted like to try it and like my other flatmates that were from the UK were like very keen on like teaching us how they do it here. So it was like a really good like learning experience for both me and my French flatmate and a very good like opportunity to teach us how they do it and like experience something like in the British culture as well with our friends and it was really, really nice. Yeah, that's such a nice way to be immersed in it, especially when it's something you wouldn't have done before. Just the student Christmas dinner, I feel like it was such a nice bonding thing. And especially if you're immersing yourself in a British Christmas for the first time, I can just imagine it's it's really, really wholesome and exciting. One aspect of the Christmas dinner that is not food related for a change is crackers, because this is something that I've heard quite a lot from our international students audience just baffled by it and it seems to be quite you know another quite specific thing to a British Christmas I also feel like crackers are as much a treat as the presents like it's like getting another like when you're a little and you've finished opening all your presents and you're like oh I don't have any more presents to look forward to there's still the cracker <laughs> even though they're the worst gifts ever they're always rubbish and you get a nice little joke in them Cassidy I'm going to come to you to just explain in layman's terms what, what crackers are and the purpose of them in a Christmas lunch? So at least for me and my family, we each have a cracker, I think, on our dinner plate. So we're ready for our meal. Um, and you can't touch them, at least for us, until you're eating. But a cracker is cardboard. Um, and the idea is that, you know, there's like a little bit of a, not an explosion, that sounds dramatic, but like a, a noise. Yeah, like a it makes a noise, a bang, a little bang. Um, you have two ends and you eat, you pull it with someone else. And so you pull and whoever gets the largest piece gets whatever's inside the cracker. And so whatever's inside the cracker, usually I think is a joke. We get the paper crowns. And you have to, you have to wear your paper crowns as well. You've got to then put them on and wear them for the duration of the meal. Yeah. And then it's always like my dad doesn't want to. I'm like, it's not, it's not a personal choice. It's a fact of life. <laughs> Marta, have you have you pulled a cracker before? <laughs> uh, I know what they are. Uh, I've never had one before. Um, I yeah. basically, when I was working as a waitress, I did have to like set tables up with crackers and stuff for like Christmas dinners because a lot of people go out for Christmas dinners, as in like companies or like friends and stuff. Normally, it's not like with a big family, but it's like co-workers. So basically, the crackers was a big thing in here but it's not a big thing in Spain like it's not something that you do in Spain instead in the big roscon that I was talking about earlier about the food mm. uh, like the donut you get two presents so they're normally wrapped in like uh, plastic so that you don't eat them and basically you get a bean and you get a figurine right 
if you get the figurine, you're the lucky one and you get to keep it. And if you get the bean, that means that next year or whenever next you're going to be with those people, you are the one that has to bring in the roscon, like you have to pay for it. So the bean is the unlucky thing. And then you also get like a little figurine. I've gotten everything. I've got like Santa Claus. I've gotten animals like frogs, lions, dogs, stuff like that. Uh, I've gotten like little like uh, magic kings as well like it can be anything and it's normally made out of clay I remember when I was little I used to have like a collection of all the things and they're actually in they're in the food yeah so basically when they bake it before but it's something it's oven safe so basically when they bake it they wrap it in like oven safe uh, plastic and before putting it in the oven they put it in the dough because it's like a bread dough so when it's baked it's baked in it already uh, like a lot of like people do the joke of like pinching the knife all around the thing to see if they can find <laughs> the present and like if an adult got it you knew that he was gonna give it to a child but if a child got it it was like a fight between all the cousins whether he got to keep it or someone would take it home at the end of the night I just I'm just worried about the choking hazard because we do the um you put a, traditionally I don't think many people do it anymore but put a coin in a Christmas pudding that is a choking hazard. And that sounds like even more of one, a whole figurine. So basically what you do is because you already know that they're going to be there. Like, obviously, if you're going to give it to a small child, you make sure that the piece that the piece that they're going to get, you like kind of like look into it because like they're big enough that you will see it if it's there. It's not something that you're right. going to miss. It's so wild, isn't it? Like how vastly different all these traditions are. And they're so all so specific, but I love it. And they just seem mad to anyone who doesn't do them. So sadly, we're coming towards the end of the episode now, as much as we could talk festive fun for a really long time, I'm sure. (laughs) We like to end our episodes with our do's and don'ts. So Cassidy and Marta, I'm going to ask both of you for one do and one don't, just to sum up your favourite takeaways or learnings from this episode for our listeners. Marta, I'll come to you first. So my biggest do would be like do go into all of these traditions with, like, an open mind if you're in the UK and, like, be welcoming to, like, what other people are telling you because I think that traditions vary so much in different countries and I think that we can all learn from each other and, like, we can always, like, show what we do and they can show it back and I think that it's it's just, like, a very, like, friendly and heartwarming thing to do. So just, like, do be open. And my don't would be, don't be surprised if there's something that, like, you don't like or I don't be scared to say like I don't like this and I don't want to follow it because I don't think that anyone's going to be offended like I don't like chocolate oranges I don't have to eat one if I don't like it uh same as with um boxing day you don't have to go shopping if you don't feel like it so don't be forced to like play into traditions if they just don't fit in with who you are and what you like doing I think that's a great one. Just like how neither of you judged me for not liking Polar Express. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, can like my don't. Don't dislike the Polar Express. <laughs> I mean, it can. <laughs> Cassidy, how about you? Um, I think my do is probably quite similar along the same lines as Marta, and that's try everything you want to try, because I think there's so many little bits of, of British culture and British Christmas culture that I think it's maybe a bit overwhelming to try and do it all, especially for the first time. But, you know, if, if there's, for example, like a light show in your town or your city and you want to go and, you know, go and see it, then like feel confident and have a have a go and just try it out. And if you get there and you're like, I don't want to be here and leave um, or, you know, buy yourself an advent calendar and you can kind of, I think there's a lot of freedom in how much you want to play into these kind of traditions. 
Um, so like take advantage of the bits you want to take advantage of because it, it's meant to be super fun. So definitely get involved if you want to. Um, and I feel like, hmm, yeah, my, my don't is maybe don't take anything too seriously around Christmas because it's all supposed to be super fun. So if there's something you're like, oh, I don't get it, then, you know, that's fine. Everybody does things a little bit differently. And like, like you've said, roast dinners are slightly different or Christmas film opinions are slightly different. And, it's fine. <laughs> and you can just, yeah, just, just it's supposed to be a time of fun and seeing people and seeing your friends and seeing your family. So yeah, just, just make the most of it in, in the way that you want to because you don't have to do like Christmas like the British do even if you're in Britain you like you said Marty you could bring your own traditions here so yeah and look how much we've loved learning about some of the Spanish traditions as well I think that's a really nice main takeaway from everything we've all discussed is just share share in those traditions teach each other it's so it's so much fun learning because also you never realize how mad your own rituals and traditions seem to other people who have never done it and that's part of the fun I think of sharing those traditions definitely Well, thank you so much to both of you for coming and joining this festive episode. Hopefully it's got everyone in the Christmas spirit and we're spreading some cheer. And for all our listeners, hope to see you again next time. Bye.